0: Hello and welcome once again to Wrestling Memories. I'm Glenn Braggs here on Pioneer 90.1 FM, KSRQ, online at radionorthland.org, and that's where you can sample over um, nearly 10 years of Wrestling Memories episodes, Wrestling Memories Then and Now episodes. We got them all there at radionorthland.org. That's where we stream the show, too, if you are not in the FM area. We're also streaming on the uh, TuneIn app, and if you want to listen to some, arch- like I said, we got the archives at the website, so we're definitely uh, getting you stacked up if you love old professional wrestling and you're kind of familiar with the show, go check out those archives. Like I mentioned before, my name is Glenn and I have, of course, my co-host. The last couple of weeks we've done some uh, solo projects covering a, a couple of very cool book releases and, of course, so many so many great books that have come out here recently and to come out here in the not-too-distant uh, future. Uh, he had a great interview uh, talking with Lance Von Erich. That was so, so cool. And I, had, I was talking with John Cosper last week about the Chris Candido book. But anyway, he's back from his big Lance Mon Eric uh, whirlwind tour. Uh, boy, you he, still on cloud 9 now uh, Grizzlevet Mike McCurdy?
1: I am, man. I am, you know. And it was kind of cool because the timing of that interview was right about my 3rd anniversary with the uh, the show, so it was it was kind of fun cuz it was 3 years ago when you and I spoke with Mr. Albert. So
0: Wow. And it was probably it was probably this cold, I think, up here in in, uh, Thief River Falls, Minnesota. Yeah. Yeah. But three years. Hard to believe. Really, time flies, man.
1: I know, man. It's like, you know, I was only supposed to be a a part-time co-host. There's going to be a revolving door, but nobody else ever came in. So I stayed with it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. 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 The door kind of got slammed shut and uh, deadbolted, I guess. But yeah, but we've had some good times. And of course, uh, we, we, again, these wrestling books that we talked to off mic, uh, before we got into the, uh, the show today. So many good ones, man. And you were talking about some of the stuff we got upcoming and it just blows my mind. So having a, 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 our guest today just really, really falls in line, man. So I have to give you kudos for uh, finding uh, our guest today. I watched a little bit of her stuff and I'm really, really impressed. And I've read some of the stuff too. So Mike, how, how do you do it? You're on a roll, my friend.
1: I just kind of go where you know the social media flow takes me. So I found this person on social media, and like you said, I saw some of her interviews on um, other shows, and I've read book reviews of hers on uh, Slam Wrestling. So you know, Greg Oliver's side. Greg's been a guest on our show in the past, so oh, yes. seemed like it'd be kind of a fun guest to bring on. Like you said, you know, a lot of books out now, a lot of a lot of books coming up. You and I have a couple interviews lined up. With uh, upcoming releases. So, yeah, the timing the timing of today's guest was great. But before we get started on that, Dylan,
0: yeah.
1: I would like to say something. Uh, time of this recording, it's uh, the 11th of February. Um, little cold weather here in Texas as we're talking. We're like in the 20s. And unfortunately, early this morning, due to icy weather conditions, we had a hundred car pileup on the interstate this morning. Oh. Uh, they're reporting oh. already that five people are dead as a result of it. Um, people especially Minnesota. You're used to it, but in mm-hmm. Texas, we're not. Drive safely. This is an example. I mean, I woke up this morning to just horrendous pictures of just cars stacked on top of each other when all you have to do is just drive safe. The roads are icy. It's dangerous, you know, and my thoughts go out to the families, you know, who've lost loved ones in this. I mean, it's, it's just a disaster. down. It's a mess right now. Temperatures drop and Texans can't drive.
0: That's quite the segue into introducing our guest today. I don't know. This is kind of a bizarre one. We go from
1: I I wanted to. I wanted to acknowledge what happened. Okay. 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 You were. You were. You you, you, were doing your civic duty. I'm
0: sorry holy man I'm picking myself up off the floor here Oh, good lordy let's bring it back up Glenn I think we need to bring it back back up up. we got to bring it back up and we have a great guest (laughs) who has a I love her story Uh, I've I've, like I've watched some stuff and I'm I'm amused and I can't wait to have her on to tell her tell us uh, and our listeners her story Uh, she uh, is a book editor for slam uh, the slam site the slam wrestling site of course uh, Mike Greg Oliver great great guy Uh, but we're going to talk about her and what her contribution is and her love of professional wrestling jamie hemmings thank you so much for joining us here uh, on this uh, edition of wrestling memories then and now we would have jazzed up the uh, the, the uh, intro for you but we were still kind of recovering from mike's unfortunate news
2: that's okay. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah, one little dark there, but we'll we'll bring it back up.
0: Yeah, yeah. It almost turned into a very <laughs> special episode of Wrestling Memories Then and Now. <laughs> yeah, you know we were not ready for that one yet, but Mike uh, Mike's heart's in the right place. But uh Jamie, thanks so much for coming uh, on board. And we were talking Mike and I in the intro, and uh, we're talking about books, re- re- pro wrestling books, and just uh, in twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one now. How many of you just have come out here in the, the recent uh, in that recent period of time, and how many are still to come? It's it's it, it's really something that uh, I'm happy because I I absorb any and all of these books, you know, whatever level of you know quality. But I, through the years, I've gotten to be a little more more picky. But what a time to be a pro wrestling uh, a fan, a book uh, reading pro wrestling fan, with all of these releases that have come. And you are definitely uh, someone who has read your fair share of, of pro wrestling books, watched some pro wrestling. So this has got to be some fun, fun times ahead for you just to absorb more of these, these books.
2: It really is. And with now with self-publishing, so many more are being released. Like, um, I took over, uh, well, I should actually back up a little bit. Slam went on its own. We used to be hosted by a news site and after WrestleMania last year, We uh, went out on our own, and that's when Greg Oliver, who you guys speak fondly of, and I'm obviously fond of as well, um, he asked if I wanted to be the book editor with the new site. And just with self-publishing, like, I'm I'm constantly busy. I've got a stack of books waiting for me to get to. Like, it's just, you know, there's so many more books coming out now. It's, it's, it's it's my dream job it's it's a good time to be alive
0: do you have to tell like the husband and the family you know hey i I gotta take some time out here if i get a little obsessed it's part of my job believe me i'm doing this for you guys
2: well i have to tell him when the packages come that i didn't buy all those oh that these are books that this is work because sometimes they'll be like did you just what are all these packages so no these are promo
0: copies it's good
2: yeah, yeah, like I, I you I get the review copies sent. So sometimes and then sometimes I'll lie and say, "Oh yeah, yeah, this is a review copy." It's like, "No, I don't I don't think all of those are review copies."
0: When did it all begin with you uh, with pro wrestling? I uh, I mean, uh, I mean for our listeners, it, it's it's kind of a fun story because the way you had Gained access, I guess, to 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 viewing pro wrestling was kind of a story in and of itself. so tell us a way let's go way back when when did pro wrestling first come into your life, and how did it come into your life, and who were some of the players that uh, you you first embraced as far as your your pro wrestling viewing experience?
2: Sure. So I grew up in a small town in Saskatchewan in Canada, and uh, we only had two channels for the longest time. It was a local channel and a national Canadian channel. So there wasn't a lot of wrestling and, and just other kids shows, like there was a few, but not a lot, like they have nowadays or even in the States. But uh, my aunt would send VHS tapes of uh, cartoons she had recorded, and one of the tapes she sent had a wrestling uh, Saturday Night's Main Event wrestling show, and this was leading up to WrestleMania Five. And of course, the mega powers exploding and fa- mm-hmm. Hulk Hogan and Macho Man facing each other in the main event. So that was my introduction and Elizabeth having to pick whose corner she was going to be in. So I was just hooked. I'd never really watch it. My brother and my dad, I have a younger brother, He would they would watch it sometimes if they could find it, but I just wasn't really interested. And I just watched this tape that she sent because we all kind of would watch it together. This was the days you had one television, one VCR.
0: Oh, I remember those days quite well. Together.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It was tough times. But uh, no streaming, no internet, things like that. So because she sent that, that's kind of how my introduction to it, and I just couldn't get enough of it.
0: So, like, this one tape kind of was like the introduction where there were more tapes to oh, follow. Yeah. Then it kind of became this, like, okay. this It's a kind of cool how you were able to get your culture sent to you, you know, in not just wrestling but getting some cartoons and stuff due to your limited access to uh, to having these television channels. Again, something in the 80s, too, even wherever you lived. Cable wasn't always, like, just available wherever you can get it, whenever you can get it, you know. That was right. still kind of pretty much a luxury. And I can kind of relate to you. And I know Mike have uh, he can share his story too, can kind of relate to as well, I'll be growing up and, and, and discovering wrestling. Because uh, for me, I discovered wrestling uh, through a, a Winnipeg station, Winnipeg, Manitoba station, that was showing uh, uh, Vern Gagne's AWA wrestling. This had to have been about 82 right. or 83. So when my first viewings, uh, you know, first times I got into it, it was guys like Mad Dog Vachon, uh, the High Flyers, Uh, And I remember, you know, when I think, you know, people think of Hulk Hogan, you know, the casual fan, they think of the WWF stuff. But I remember watching the seeds of what became Hulkamania, and really how he just developed himself and his character in the AWA. So I had, you know, having that, you know, we not many channels, but at least having, you know, these Winnipeg channels, I was able to watch wrestling. That was kind of through how I, you know, got hooked on it. And then of course, uh, with McMahon's expansion, uh, the WWF would be on uh, through Winnipeg television as well. And, and then we finally got cable in 85 and that's when I discovered all the good stuff. So yeah, I I know what those, it's like to to just get that little taste and and want more.
2: Well, and for me, I don't believe my aunt sent any more tapes, but then we did get a few more channels. I think we went from two channels, and the first cable we had, we got a whole 12 channels, I think. Oh, yeah. And one of those channels was channel 10, and every Saturday morning would be wrestling superstars. So that's when I got more access, and then I was, because I was, became a fan, I would look for magazines. That was my big resource. So, you know, until the cable started going.
0: So what kind of, now, where you were living, uh, what kind of a- magazines did you have access to? Were there a lot of choices, or was it just kind of you were fortunate to get what you get? Uh, or did you have a whole slew of the after magazines, is what they were called? What sort of uh, pickings did you have uh, when you were first getting out and seeking uh, wrestling magazines?
2: Well, the town I lived in, there was one grocery store, and behind the um, till was like kind of half a shelf of wrestling magazines, and they would have a whole bunch of variety and like they, did, I rem, I don't remember buying WWE magazine from the store. I would buy it if we'd go to someplace else, like if we go to a lo, uh, nearby city or something. But a lot of the after magazines would be there, and you know, like I would get Pro Wrestling Illustrated, things like that. So like whatever they had, I would buy. Mm-hmm. But I was always surprised they like just I was just recently bagging up all my um, wrestling magazines, putting them in, in plastic covers, and just the variety I have is actually pretty good and of course when you'd go to there was a larger the capital city was two hours away when you'd go there of course you'd be like can we stop at like some kind of convenience store or something then you'd grab as many as you could that's what I was spending my allowance on
0: oh my god I can so relate to that just being growing (laughs) up in a small town you know and uh, yeah
2: you're big city time is stocking up in the magazine oh, oh my god it
0: was like and then, then when the action figures came out it was like oh my god I get to go to this store and that oh man I gotta anyway, yeah cause, because we had like I grew up in a, in a town uh, less than 200 people and uh, we Not had that was me too yeah we, we had the grocery store you know and then we went maybe 12 miles up the road and the pharmacy uh, would have uh, wrestling magazines that was like the one of the big main spots where aside from the bigger towns that we had you know made those monthly trips or those bi-weekly trips you know the the pharmacy uh, was the uh, the place to, to get them. And I want to bring Mike into our conversation. Mike, uh, let's talk about your origin story. Uh, why does well get in your story about uh, when wrestling came into your life?
1: Well, oddly enough, mine is kind of like Jamie's story. I live in a small <laughs> town in Northern California where I got, I got WWF Saturday Night's Main Event. That's what I got. I didn't have superstars or any of that, so I got it like once a month. And I remember seeing, you know, like the wedding of Uncle Elmer and, You know, Hulk Hogan and Terry (laughs) Funk were on one of the shows, and that was kind of my introduction until Cable came in, and they gave us the Superstation, and that's where I discovered uh, NWA and WCW, you know, Jimmy Garvin and the Rock and Roll Express, and those guys were on the Crockett promotion, and then a year later, they gave us ESPN, and that's where AWA and the Legends of World Class came from, so I was right about the same thing, probably like 86, 87, that's when the Cable thing came into our town, and... I found tons of wrestling, and then I found the magazines. But I had a local liquor store. It was about a half hour away from where I lived, and when my mom would go into town, I would save up my babysitting money because I had a babysitting job on Friday nights, and I'd send her with my money and, like, go get me the magazines. And she'd come back home that night from, you know, going to bingo or whatever she was doing, and she would come back with a stack of my magazines. And that was when they were, like, $2 a piece. So I'd send her with, like, 30 bucks, and she'd come back with 15 magazines. I got the After magazines, WWE, I got the, uh, well, the Napolitano ones, the Starlog magazines, you know, Wrestling Superstars, Wrestling All-Stars, those. So I did a stack of like 15 magazines a month, and that was a thrill for me, and I'd sit in my room and cover to cover until I was through all 15 of my magazines. Then next month, I'd do the same thing over again.
2: And then did you put the posters up on your walls? I didn't.
1: I didn't. I never put what? the posters up. I actually, oh, I, I, I kept all my been. magazines intact. I'm very odd. I don't like creases. Like, I don't like creases on my books. So, when I read them, I'm very careful about not bending the. I'm very particular. So, my magazines, I like to keep them nice and good condition. So, I never took the posters out of them. They were all intact. Unfortunately, when I moved out here to Texas, I had to get rid of all of them, which is sad because, you know, a moving truck and I think 16 boxes of magazines, it wasn't going to make it out here. So, I'm now rebuilding my collection of uh, magazines. But mine were all intact. I never took the posters out.
2: Well, I took the posters out, and as I was putting them in covers, part of them, I'm like, "Why am I even doing this?" Some of them are just so well loved. But I'm married to a guy in the military, so we move a lot. So I was like, I really should put these in something because I'd even lost a couple, and I found them some. They were like in a different spot, just loose in the garage. So I'm like, I really have to keep these all together. But mine are all very well loved. Like I did the crossword puzzles, all that stuff.
1: Now I have a question. I mean, for me, it was uh, when I was in high school. This is about the time that I was finding the magazines and all that. I was taking a journalism class. I found the magazines, and I was like, well, wait a minute. What I'm learning in journalism and writing for the school paper, maybe I could write for the wrestling magazines. And that kind of sparked an interest in me uh, towards writing and all that and wanting to do, you know, what these guys were doing. Uh, Was that kind of a similar thing for you because, you know, obviously you're into the books and all that. Were the magazines kind of an introduction to you to that, hey, maybe I could start writing about these guys?
2: I didn't know if I – could start I always liked writing so I knew I wanted to pursue journalism and it wasn't till I had this wonderful mentor he's no longer with us unfortunately his name was Bob Leonard and he did some writing he's also really was known for his photography as well but he he's the person who introduced me to Dave Meltzer and then when I got to I subscribed to the newsletter and things like that that's when I went oh people actually do this for a living that's when I kind of realized, like, I know I had the magazine, so maybe I should have thought about putting it together then, but it wasn't until really when I saw Meltzer doing it that I thought, wow, people actually do this for a living, and then um, when I was in journalism school, I kept in touch with Bob Leonard, because any time of assignment I could do about wrestling, I would bring Bob Leonard into interview, or he even was. I <laughs> filmed him doing an interview in the uh, studio at journalism school and everything, and he passed my name on to Greg Oliver, and, uh, you know, kind of just so this girl likes to write about wrestling. Maybe you can give her a chance and, and Greg gave me an assignment and that was in two thousand five and you know, it hasn't fired me yet. Now,
1: you know, you, you mentioned a name there Bob Leonard. Um, I met Bob at the qualifier LA like, oh, Club reunion.
2: Yeah. He used to love sit and
1: <laughs> listen and talk about didn't Bob have the greatest voice? You just wanted to sit and listen to him talk for like hours, just about anything.
2: Well, I actually got to do a story, it was for my magazine class journalism school is the final assignment and the story you can find it on slam it's called who is bob leonard and that was one of the things i mentioned like i think right away from the near the start of the article like you got to start with a voice it's like a purr it's just this sound you can't even describe and yeah you just sit not only just does he have great did he have great wrestling stories but you would just sit there listening to this wonderful voice telling you all these great stories yeah i miss him quite a bit
1: Oh, Bob was a, Bob was a great guy. I'd walk yeah. by and he'd I'm just glad you knew ask him me too. to sit yeah. down and oh, good person. Um, so yeah. b- 2005 is when you got started writing for uh, for Slam for Greg Oliver. So, yeah. what what was your first assignment? What was your first uh, piece?
2: I believe it was a profile on a indie wrestler named Vid Vane. I don't know Vid. I don't know if you're out there. If you're still wrestling, but he was very nice to me. We did a phone interview, and that was my first. First article. It was a lot of. Pro- I would start off doing a lot of things like a lot of profiles. It wasn't till mm. um, I had my son in 2010, and then um, I became a stay-at-home mom and kind of just just having a child. Your schedule isn't quite as flexible, like especially the first few years. Like there's a lot of work goes into. No, definitely not. Alive. Yeah. So Greg kind of started um, saying, "Hey, would you like to do some book stories?" And that was kind of where I started doing book reviews, and then. You know, I just kind of did those because it just worked better with my schedule. Like my son was napping or something, I could, you know, do some reading or try and arrange an interview at that time. It just was more flexible. And then so that just started doing book stories. And that's kind of where when SLAM moved on to being an independent site, he's like, would you like to be the book editor? And that's what you could look after. Now that we have our own site, we can actually have these different sections, including a book section. And we have a movie section, too. You know, so that's kind of how that evolved. So what was the first book you reviewed? Oh my gosh! Oh, oh, that's what. Don't read this story. It wasn't that great. Um, <laughs> I'm so green. <laughs> um, it was a novel, and I was still finding my voice. I, I, I was very generous, I believe, to this novel. Not that it didn't deserve it, but I, I, if I looked at it now, I'd probably be more critical. It was a novel called Fighting Girls, and I don't remember the whole plot or anything. Like it never, it didn't go on to become a bestseller by any means, but.
1: No, it, it's not. It's not very good. I've read that.
2: Have you read it? Yeah, just a guy who's kind of questioning it, yes. his sexuality, and he's doing some wrestling. And it, it it's not the greatest book out there, but uh, you know, it's it's everybody's got to start somewhere, whether you're writing book or or starting a book review career. So,
1: I, I find this funny. My first piece was in '95, writing for a, a newsletter called Inside Ringside. Bobby Riddell okay. was the uh, the editor of it. And my first piece was a review of the Bash of the Beach pay-per-view uh, in 95. Uh, it's horrible. I have a oh. copy of it, my first copy. It's framed. I tell people it's framed for posterity, and this way they can't open it and actually read it because it's bad.
2: Oh, I think, I think
1: our first piece is always you look at it and you go, well, oh, okay, um, I could work on that, yeah.
2: Yeah, like it would be a lot different if I read that book now. I don't even know if I still have the book. I might have donated it to like a value village like it's kinda of like a goodwill in the United States I might have donated it. So I don't even think I have the book anymore.
1: All right, Glenn, I'll pass the microphone back over to you. I
0: you know, I haven't I I'm probably the only one that didn't read this book and uh after hearing what you guys were talking about it as far in regards to it, uh I'm just gonna take it, I'm take your word on that one, guys. I think I'm, I don't I think,
2: think you should. I, I can't oh. in good conscience uh, recommend it. No,
0: no, no, no. That that just doesn't sound like something I I, I could.
2: <laughs> so there's much better ones I could recommend.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. So we talked about you talked about the first book that you reviewed. Uh, you know, for me getting in, I got into wrestling books. Uh, I mean, I this I read the magazines and stuff. You know, as a kid in eighties yeah. and nineties. But what really kind of got me into and really attracted me back into getting to the whole idea of reading uh, wrestlers biographies was the have a nice day mick foley yeah. book i mean god when that book came out it was so different from anything i've read or you know i mean it was you know right on par with some like a really good rock and roll autobiography but it yeah. was about you know professional wrestling and it was just so well detailed and it was so long i mean i remember getting it for christmas and and reading, I think, good 200, 300 pages in that first day, because I just couldn't put it down. It was like, oh, come up for dinner. I'm like, okay, give me a few minutes. Okay, I'll, I'll go up there. But I was like, just, I couldn't put it down because he was just such a great, great storyteller. But that was, to me, I think that was what really kicked off the more modern era of, of pro wrestling books. When, when, you know, companies like WWE were putting out books, there was, you know, ECW Press, which was ended up putting, getting into the pro wrestling book business. I mean, that was really, I think, the point where you know fans really, you know, actually were buying pro wrestling when pro wrestlers writing their stories.
2: That was the first pro wrestling book I've ever read too, and I wasn't even a huge McFoley fan at the time. But after reading that book and and just reading about how passionate he is about wrestling, I, you just couldn't help but fall in love with him and just become a fan. And I like, I just didn't really, I don't know, it's not that I disliked him or anything. I just wasn't a huge fan. And then I read that book, and I'm just like wow, this this guy's amazing. And he's also an amazing writer.
0: Yeah, not only I mean yeah. he had he had other books, he had follow ups uh, in the pro wrestling genre, but then he he also yeah. uh, you know he he had the courage to to take the plunge and, and 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 expand upon his writing and go into the the world of fiction, which I thought was a very yeah. brave move because not only you know he was the, this pro wrestler, this guy that everybody knows of you know doing these high flying you know extreme leaps and all of this, but how he was able to kind of uh, branch out and to be able to be known for his writing and then be known for other. Little things, you know, like his his love of Christmas and Santa Claus, for an example, and some of the stuff that he does, uh, you know, for for victims of rape, you know, through the, you know he he's just very much a, a well wide ranging guy, and I think reading his books really got us to know him a little bit more and know that there was a lot more to him than just this mankind or Cactus Jack. This was Mick Foley, a, a pretty cool dude.
2: Yeah, he, and he's an advocate for other writers too. Like, there was a book I really enjoyed um, that came out in 2020 called Women Love Wrestling, and it was an anthology, uh, you know, it, it included male and female writers just writing about how, you know, women having an appreciation for pro wrestling, and Mick was one of the biggest advocates for that book. He was making videos and sharing that he read it, and so he's been great in encouraging other wrestling books and other writers.
0: And uh, yeah, exactly. and another guy I, I i was thinking about as far as uh books that I've really enjoyed uh was another mm-hmm. guy uh who's still out there today uh in the ring is was chris jericho now his his series of books I mean the first book i I thought was just I bought it in paperback form uh i I don't know it was just kind of an impulse buy and it was first, when it first came out, and I was just, I, I, again, it was a case un, not unlike the Foley thing where I couldn't put it down because, again, Jericho had so many great, well-detailed stories of, of his career. And that first book only covered a certain point of his career, but he did such a deep dive into his life and was able to recall so many moments that it, it really is a, a a very solid read. I put that on on my list for wrestling fans if they want to read a pro wrestling book That get after that early Jericho book.
2: That one and one I read at the same time as McFoley. I actually, I've, I've only been to the Cauliflower Alley Club reunion um, once, and I went with my dad when I had gotten my journalism degree. It was kind of my gift for getting my degree, and we went together. And I bought a few books there, but one of them that I bought was The Pure, Pure Dynamite by Dynamite Kid Tom Billington. Oh, yeah. And it's quite the opposite when you compare it to the McFoley book, but um, because he wasn't as passionate about wrestling but my dad not that he's not a huge reader like I'm, I'm I read all the time I'm, and my dad he even was reading that book we were both taking turns like sharing it um, we should have bought two copies it was kind of ridiculous <laughs> but we just couldn't put it down and it, it, it's not an it's not as um, like a happy-go-lucky story as McFoley's, because there's a lot of not so shiny parts about um, Tom Billington and but it, and it's heartbreaking to read but it was just such a I know not everybody loved that book, but I did. It was just it was it was just so raw and so honest and yeah, I couldn't put that one
0: down either. I, I have to agree. I mean, it, the warts and all. I mean, it really did yeah, sum warts up. and all. Who,
2: Very good description, yeah. It
0: really did sum up who he was. He was a complicated yeah. sort of a person. I mean, oh, you yeah. you hear so many things about him through the years and in, in locker rooms, you know, where, you know, back in those days there was a lot of pranking, but uh, the way he would do these things, he would just bring it into hazing, and he had such a temper, and there were so many issues with him, but at the same time, he was such an amazing talent in the ring. When he first came over into the states, all those light heavyweight matches—I mean, he was amazing. But again, time, drugs, and just attitude—it all really just caught yeah. up, and it created a perfect storm that, he, and ended up he ended up uh, where he was because of it, because of his own his own uh, you know picadillos and his ne- his own negativity.
2: Yeah, you don't leave the book going, "Huh, I love that guy," <laughs> like, like oh. you know where I did with Mix book. But you're kind of like, "Wow," you know, like it. it he was honest. And if he wouldn't have been honest, I don't think it would have been as effective of a book to read. So yeah, you don't leave it going, huh? Like that sounds like a great chap to hang out with, but it's still a very good book.
0: No, no, no. Yeah. And, we're talking with Jamie Hemmings. We're talking pro wrestling books, and this is a very fun uh, topic on wrestling memories. And I want to know what your thoughts are on, on uh, speaking of another book that was quite epic and a guy that uh, really wanted to get his truth out there. His, it was uh, Brett the Hitman Hart. What did you think of his, his uh, autobiography?
2: I enjoyed reading Brett's book. I know a lot of people kind of felt let down, like just some other people I know, especially Fellow Canadians, because Brett was really revered, and I think it was a difficult read for a lot of my fellow Canadians. Like, um, just uh, having multiple affairs while he's married. Like, I think you have these people sometimes on a pedestal, and then when you get this, what the truth really is, what it's like to be on the road as a popular wrestler. You know, it's not all sunshine and rainbows. Like, it. Oh, I God, think no. for a lot of people, it's difficult. Like for me, I knew some of that stuff. I knew, you know, he's already been divorced and things like that. So I knew. Some of that was going to be in there, but very effective, very, um, again, another heartbreaking book because, you know, you have the death of Owen, you have the Montreal screw job, you know, then he has a stroke, like there's so much in that story.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, very much so. I, I mean, there's yeah. just so many different scenes and, you know, joys and pains and great triumphs. And, you know, just again, these, pro wrestlers are just the ultimate complicated people. And the way that some yeah. can remember and have their recall is uh, is all the better. And the more I read these autobiographies through the years, I mean, they're interesting uh, lives, I mean, uh, but they're, they're not, you know, and they're always, you know, straight up, There, they always admit they're not, not exactly been angels. I mean, it just yeah. wasn't, report wrestling wasn't exactly for the Pat Boone crowd as far as uh, getting on the road and traveling. You are basically a rock star and an athlete uh, kind of combined when you're doing this stuff. So to figure it out. And you have a limited time off. You're, you're basically, the road was your friend. Your friends were in the car. You know, the lady you were with was the lady you probably saw later on after the matches so i mean that's probably what is the great draw with these books i mean some are a little bit more extreme as far as scandalous while others you know still tell their stories with honesty but it just that's all it keeps me coming back for more with these pro wrestlers it's just there's so many of these books that i mean gosh i mean there's another book for example that i thought was a really good book it was a lengthy one and i rec- another one i recommend was uh stranglehold by jim wilson familiar well,
2: that one i haven't read so i'm going to write that one down
0: oh my you're familiar with that one mike right
1: oh yes i've read that one that that one is a very weighty book you don't just sit down and hammer out two three hundred pages of that one there's that there's a lot of weight behind that book
2: you have to digest it
1: oh yeah a little bit okay. yes yeah, some of the stuff that he tells in that book he just kind of got to sit and kind of you know let it kind of permeate into mind before you go on to the next part of it because he talks about a lot It's a very good book though Unfortunately, one of those. It's not as widely known. Unfortunately, mm-hmm.
2: I've heard of that one, but I I haven't read it yet. So it was because there's so many. Oh. and something I'd recommend to people to um, the site I write for, Slam Wrestling dot net. If you go in the search bar and type in Master Book List, we have all the books we have covered on Slam. So and they're like it's because I haven't like I've only been doing this for it's not even a year yet that I've been the book editor. But there's been – like Slam, of course, has been covering books for way longer, like since its inception. So there's so many book stories on there.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, guys, I'm going to ask both of you. Uh, now, through the years, you know, there's been so many wrestling books, and we've enjoyed so many wrestling books. But was there ever a book or two that you've read where you were kind of like you, – you came in with a, a little bit more of an expectation, and then once you've read a, a book, and you're kind of like mm, – well, that could have been a lot better. Or they 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 kind of kept it pretty pedestrian. Was there just some books? I mean, the book for me, is, and I know it was uh, it was released very early. It was in the nineties before uh, the Foley book, and it had a lot of kayfabe in it, which was unfortunate. Uh, was the Arn for me? It's like the Arn Anderson book was a great disappointment because I like Arn. I've I've loved him back since I followed him back in eighty five. I thought that that book was a, a little a little thin, a little too uh, reliant on kayfabe. And, uh, for another book was Dick Slater tried to put out a biography before, a few years before his passing. And that was absolute dreck. He had somebody else kind of taking control. So, so those would be the, the, the books that I would, I would say. And, uh, I'm going to throw it to Mike before we get back to Jamie. Mike, what what sure. books would you uh, would you say that uh, you were quite? You ended up feeling a little, you know, I, I thought I was yeah. going to get more uh, here. The
1: Arn Anderson forever book uh, mo- most definitely. He admits now that it wasn't well done, and he he wrote it in character. He didn't tell anything behind the scenes. He no was, Marty like, Lundy. He was being no, Mar- Anderson. We want Marty Lundy's story. We don't want the Arn Anderson story. You know, so I'm going to agree with the Arn Anderson one. Um another one that I wasn't a fan of and it's not because of he doesn't have a great story, I don't think the timing was right yet and this is when WWE was just letting everybody and their grandma have a book and that's the rock says. Mm. Ooh, I just oh, I I think it was too soon in his career. So for me, I never I enjoyed it, but it's not one of the ones I really ever got into cuz I don't think I don't think we were ready yet. Now would be the time. For him to uh, write a book, absolutely. I haven't read the Young Bucks book, but I'm wondering if maybe that's in that same line because, you know, they still got a lot of career ahead of them. So I think for the Rock book it was more the timing of it than the actual content. But I don't, I just don't think he was ready for his story yet.
2: Um, for me, it was the Lex Luger autobiography. Um, it's see, I enjoyed that one devil. actually. Okay. I felt he didn't take any personal accountability. Everything bad that happened was somebody else's fault. And that, for me, was just a huge turnoff. I'm not a perfect person by any means, but it just, to me, I was just like, because he was the narcissist in the WWE. And I was just like, that's totally, I was like, you're just a total narcissist. Like, again, I'm not perfect, but like, you have to have some accountability for things that have happened in your life. Like when he talked about Miss Elizabeth, who he started having an affair with her while he was still married, and even like the affair, he kind of blamed that on Elizabeth. And I'm like, I'm sorry, it takes two people to have an affair. You know, like just just things like that. Like he just didn't want to, there was nothing he wanted to say bad about himself. And I know he's going to be on the WWE Network has a new show or new series rather, called The Icons and Yokozuna has been the first episode and Luger's going to be on that show so I just hope he has more accountability. I know he's gone through a lot, like he's in a wheelchair now and things like that but I just felt the book was just, uh, you know, it was just uh, how great is Lex Luger and yeah, no personal accountability. Everybody else was at fault and not him.
0: I thought that there could have been more. I guess, than that. I,
1: I guess I can see that. I think for me, the interest in the book, though, was to learn more about just some of the things he had gone through. Because oh, yeah. before then, all I knew was like you know what you saw on TV and WCW, and obviously yeah. something about Miss Elizabeth because that was all over you know the news, and we served the nine one one call. But for me, it was to hear more about what happened in his life. But I do see where you're coming from. Where yeah, he doesn't he doesn't take a lot of the, doesn't take a lot of the blame or any of the blame.
2: Well, and I just didn't feel, like, to me, if you're going to do a book, you have to have a sense of vulnerability. Like, I understand people who release a book, they're humans too. They don't have to give us everything, like even their PIN number. But they have to give something. If you're going to do a book, there is an expectation. Whether that's fair or not, mm. that's a whole other thing. But I just felt like, even, like, in the pictures, like, there wasn't a lot of pictures of him with his his first wife and things like that. Not, I don't even know if we really people might say we don't have a right to see those kind of things, but just even the pictures, it was just all, you know, wrestling pictures. Like I just wanted to see a more personal side of him.
1: I could, I, I could see that. I'm seeing a lot of stuff. Now he does, he's a little bit more on the personal side, but I think that's because some of the stuff he's gone through and yeah, now he's yeah. doing some things with Nikita Koloff where they go and, you know, speak to so maybe people, it was speak to different groups and things
2: like re- that. So. Release the book. Like maybe, you know, it would have been more appropriate for the book to come out now. Um, That might be. Some books are like that.
1: You read them and then you look at it and go, that could have waited. Like I said, The Young Bucks. I haven't read it yet. I've heard it's good. But I think there's going to be a lot more for them to tell as time goes on.
2: Well, even Drew McIntyre is going to be releasing a book this year. And and that was kind of my initial reaction. Like, is it too soon for that? Like, I know he's gone through a lot. And it it is Mm. a great story about how he was in the WWE and then he was let go and now he's back and and champion. But I just kind of question, huh? Is this something we should be doing right now? Yeah, they may be jumping the, jump with the gun.
0: I didn't realize
1: he'd been in the business for 19 years. I didn't realize he has been around that long. So that yeah. one kind of surprised me.
0: Now, there's a book I want to talk about that uh, has, I guess, gained in legend through the years and and has become kind of a sought after piece, you know, and if you have it, you know, know uh, yeah, yeah, you have it. You have uh, been uh, on the receiving end of envy from certain wrestling fans. It's a, it's a book that uh, you can go on and see on, on eBay. Uh, It's up for, uh, you know, through the years, it's, it's been up for a a few hundred dollars. It's the Gary Hart book. And, uh, Mm Yeah, you want to talk about a book that you know is, is so hard to find, unfortunately, and has kind of gained in legend is the, the Gary Hart book. Uh, I want to know, uh, Jamie, I, have you had a chance to, to read Gary's book?
2: I have not, and uh, I think my husband would divorce me if I spent six hundred plus dollars on a <laughs> wrestling book or whatever it's going for on eBay. But I have not. But I, I, it's been covered on Slam. I've heard great things. Um, I there are P, I have had access to the PDF. File that's going around, but some people say that's not the complete book. But I have not read that one yet. Oh, yeah. I,
1: I... The PDF is actually a reviewer's copy. Okay. It's pretty close. I have the original book. I'm one of those. In fact, I got it so, signed oh, by I'm Gary jealous. when he, I saw him at CAP.
2: Oh,
1: um So, cool. yeah. But uh, I will never let it go. I refuse to. But the PDF no, is close. There's a few yeah. differences in it. But to get the idea of the book, if you can get access to it, and you don't mind reading a PDF? I feel a little guilty sometimes passing around, but it's not in print anymore, unfortunately.
2: But That's it's the close. Thing. It, it's yeah. close. I do. Feel I would kind recommend of it if you can't actually PDF? get the book. Yeah, but I'm also like, I don't have $600 to spend on this
1: book. So. No, no. Yeah.
2: It's I like, wish they would reprint it.
0: It's like that one, and another book that uh, it's not quite as up in price, but has notoriety is. Uh, uh, Diana Hart's book, too. That was another one.
1: That
0: one, one. I have. That, w- see, that one I, I have that one. I don't have... See, I, yeah. the, I'm the odd duck on this one. I don't have a copy of that one. I have the Gary Hart one, but I don't have the, the Diana Smith book. Uh that trade you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. We're going to have to uh, maybe uh, negotiate a little bit more on that one. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. I def- I'd still have to throw it Does up. be
1: book, you, book you guys can, like, trade back and forth and then send it back when she's done. yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll that. that no arm security for the Gary Hart book. I have to keep that under yeah, the lock yeah, and yeah. key. I, I that,
2: understand. I, I respect that.
0: Yeah, it, it's in a safe, remote location where only me and my younger brother, who's a big wrestling fan, have any information. It's in each and only e-
2: you guys are allowed to touch it.
0: Yeah, uh, you know, we let people look at it, but not for too long. Ooh. I don't like I don't like when people <laughs> laser eye on that. You know, I, I want people to be genuinely good on it. But yeah, the Gary Hart book. You know what? I got a few more minutes here this was kind of a fun bouncy conversation uh I, i've talked about this with a few other authors even uh, with tim hornabaker hornbaker about it uh as far as books that haven't been done yet and, and you think of pro wrestling oh they've done everything well there's one book that i think needs to be written but it needs to be written right they need to get it they need to nail it they need to research it and i think like a tim hornbaker would be great for for uh at least then maybe put a scott teal in this too is a biography of Jim Barnett. I want it to be called Jimsy, the life of Jim Barnett and uh, how much of an impact he had on uh, just the, the the evolution of pro wrestling in regards to uh, you know the early television days of the, the Dumont network all the way up until you know the big t- 80s boom the 90s resurgence all the way up to his death some of the people he was associated with because outside of wrestling he was involved with government and the arts and uh, he was with, with president Jimmy Carter this was a guy that had wide span influence that spanned through different de- decades different promotions different countries his involvement Involvement and in how McMahon rose to power. I mean, there's so many different things you could talk about, that, but nobody is, wants to touch that one. so I'm hoping some brave and talented author or authors would get together and do the research and put out Jimsy, the Jim Barnett story.
1: Would Jim Ross do the audio version?
0: <laughs> Ooh. That's just
1: my thought, you know.
0: I don't know how long the shtick would go, because this book would be, I would probably <laughs> say this book would be about a good 450, uh, minimum of 450 pages. Now, where is this book? People need to get, this, get on this. Jamie, what do you think of that, I, for an idea of a book that hasn't even come to fruition yet? I mean, he's mentioned in so many other books, history books, biographies. Everyone's got the heroine impersonation of him. They know of what he's done. There's stories galore, but I think we need a Jim Barnett book.
2: I think we need that one. I would read that. We, I think we need a Macho Man one. Yes. Um, an, an unbiased, uh, like I've had this conversation before with people, but because you know, everybody's like, well, if his brother writes it, you know, he has that obvious bias being his brother, which is understandable. But and I, I think we need a Miss Elizabeth book, I think we need a Sherry Martell book,
0: yes, yes, I
2: think uh, CM Punk book would be great that'd be good yeah there's so many well but I, I would read the barnett one yeah for sure jimsy
0: i think that's the perfect title for it it doesn't I just like have it. like a, it has a cell to it you know you could put a nice yeah. picture of him in his youth on the front of the cover you know when he, at the height of his powers the little pictures oh i think we got money here another one i want another one i want to read would be great uh and they, they expanded it out too would be a wahoo mcdaniel book
2: well actually i think one of those i think john cosper is going to be working on one of those
1: Oh. Yes, there is a Wahoo book kind of, coming out.
2: See, yeah, com- with a kind of. Um, I don't know if it's more of a memories of him, and I don't know if it's an official uh, or like a, um, a full biography, but. I think it might focus more, if I'm right, on memories people have. But
0: I think that would you know, be John great Huff because, or, like yeah. an oral history type of thing, almost too, with the to storytelling. Because that those books yeah. sometimes those books are, are are very entertaining when they've done taken a specific topic. You know, like for say the early years of MTV, and they've done a thing with an oral history and all the players yeah. that were involved with it, mm-hmm. and even those are, who were gone, they found through archive interviews or something. You know, that's the type of stuff I love to read too, because then it gives multiple voices. Voices to something, And when you have multiple voices about something in pro wrestling, even the smallest of stories can create some genuine stretched out exaggerations or genuine straight up honesty.
2: Yeah, John Cosper likes to utilize the oral history format in a lot of his books. So and I think it gives you multiple perspectives. You get a little bit closer to the truth sometimes that way. So I think that'll be. A great read as
0: well. Another uh, a guy, too, is uh, Scott Teal. Now, if you've read much of yes. Scott's stuff with the Crowbar Press, I mean, there's another guy that is uh, so dedicated to, to covering, uh, you know, those decades of wrestling and those wrestlers, those unsung wrestlers, that, uh, you know, that we he doesn't want history to forget them. You know, sometimes yes. history can get painted with a broad brush. I mean, when they talk about the history of pro wrestling, it was like, then McMahon and Hulk Hogan came. No, it's there's a lot more to it, but it's there guys was stuff like
2: before that. There was stuff after, yes. Yeah.
0: Yes, I mean it's uh, yeah. advocates like that and, and guys like that that are so good at what they do. I mean, again, a, a Scott Teal book is one you just want to sit and read a couple of pages at a time because there's so much to absorb. He has so much yeah. in his writings. I mean, uh, there. I, I've always. I don't think I've ever read it, read a dud. As far as Scott's books, he's done some good stuff. Uh, I'm going to bring it to Mike to uh, ask a few more questions here in our, our last segment on this edition of Wrestling Memories. Then and now, talking pro wrestling books with Jamie Hemmings from Slam Sports. From Slam. Well, wrestling.
1: I'd like to discuss a little bit as we're uh, winding this up. We've talked about some of our favorites, some of our not so favorites. You mentioned, you know, you, your packages coming in that you have to warn your husband about that our <laughs> review copies. What's coming up on the landscape? of of professional wrestling books that you're looking forward to. I know for myself, uh, Dan Murphy's new book, I'm I'm looking forward to. He's going to be a guest on the show here soon. But I'm also looking forward to, and this is strictly because of a historical perspective of it, I'm looking forward to the Book of Jericho. I want to see the match results of all 30 years of his career. I'm just fascinated by this.
2: So I I have my review copy. I just got it in. Um I have uh, the Dan Murphy book, The Wrestlers Wrestlers. He also wrote that he wrote that with Brian Young. And uh I'm I have another book I have to read before that one, but I'm really I'm anxious to get to that one. Um I just read this is um uh, her name is Scarlett Harris and this is her first book, but she also was a contributor to the Women Love Wrestling anthology book that I loved. And um, her book is called A Diva Was a Female Version of a Wrestler, an abbreviated story of world wrestling entertainment. So it's kind of a look at how WWE has portrayed female wrestlers from the eyes of a female pro wrestling fan. So that one I just read, that one I'm looking forward to. Um, I'm also looking forward to um, the Chris Candido book just came out by John Cosper. Very good. It's written with... uh, uh, Johnny Candido, sorry to think yeah. of his name. Um, and yeah, the, you already mentioned the complete list of Jericho. Evan Ginsberg, who worked on the movie The Wrestler and also the movie 300, or the documentary, sorry, 350 Days, he's going to have a book, kind of multiple stories from his um, his career, his life. It's called Wrestling Rings, Blackboards, and Movie Sets. It's going to be like 100 tales in there, so I'm looking forward to that one. Um, Greg Oliver from Slam, he worked with John Arezzi on his book, Uh, um, he does the Pro Wrestling Spotlight Show, and that book's called Matt Memories, My Wild Life in Pro Wrestling, Country Music, and with the Mets. There's also, I was a huge uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin fan, and ECW Press is going to be releasing Austin 316, 316 facts and stories about Stone Cold Steve Austin, I think that's going to be fun. We have the, we mentioned the Drew McIntyre books coming out, Renee um, Young, she's um, no longer with WWE, but she's going to be releasing a cookbook. I know a lot of people are excited about that. Um, there's a Vince McMahon biography by Abraham Reisman. I'm actually probably the most excited about this one, but that one's not coming out till 2022. And Ooh. another 2022 is, um, I really enjoy this guy's writing, Brian Solomon. He is going to be writing um, a book, a biography on the original Sheik. Ah, so,
0: very cool. Very cool. Great. Love Brian's stuff.
2: I know. Yes. Yeah, I'm a big fan of, uh, Bryant, actually, for people who don't know, he used to write for, like, seven years, I believe, for WWE.
0: Yeah, and, and he's, and uh, he's just, working with, what, Pro Wrestling Illustrated now, too?
2: Uh, I, yes, and it, he's been doing some stuff also for Inside the Ropes, That's, that magazine. Was yeah, yeah, I, I, I saw that yeah, uh,
0: he posted yeah. something about a story in there. So, he's yeah, yeah. He, he's got that, that, that cheek book he's been uh, working on for some time now, and I, I can't wait to read that one, too.
2: Well, and he wrote one, I think it's called Pro Wrestling facts like frequently asked questions oh that That was a that
0: That was solid that That was was a good release
2: yeah yeah Ah, there's so many out there you know you could talk about this all day and and when (laughs) when i i feel bad like when like when you guys have brought up books i'm like oh i haven't read that one yet because there's so many like i'd be you know i'd be in my office reading 24 7 if i could but you know i've got a son and all those other things i have to deal with but there's so many kids man they you know i know you gotta gotta make sure you got three of all that stuff Oh, okay. I only have one, so a little bit less. Support. Yeah,
1: I got three of them, so it becomes even more fun trying to juggle that time
2: around.
0: <laughs> I guess I'm the only one that, with my wife, and I don't have kids, but we have three dogs. So I guess I'm as far as getting the more reading time in. I guess I would be the one out of the three, on, you know. But diet, three dogs are a handful. Yeah.
2: That's responsible. Those are, that counts as a responsibility. Absolutely.
0: A we'll give you that one.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> you know, another interesting one I've heard some about. Um, I don't know if you listen to a lot of the wrestling podcasts, but uh, Renee Young or Paquette, whatever her name is now, she did an interview with Tony Khan, and they were talking, I guess, John Moxley, her husband, is writing yeah, a book. Yeah, They were discussing I, I that. I'm, I'm kind of interested in that, because he's had a really interesting kind of life and career, if you followed some of his interviews and stuff. So that one could be
0: interesting.
2: He used to have pink hair. I mean, that's a chapter in itself. Yeah, yeah,
1: there you go, there you
0: go. And and these days he has a little less hair now, so uh, maybe it was all that dying back in the day, uh, because, yeah, you know, that happens with youth sometimes.
2: (laughs) (laughs) There's also a Bushwhacker autobiography coming out with John Crowther, and Greg Oliver, a busy guy, he's going to be doing a Lefisto autobiography, too. Like, there's just so many. Like, every week I hear about a new book.
1: With self-publishing that you had mentioned, and you've got... Guys like, you know, Kenny Casanova, John Cosper, and so many, you know, people can now like, oh, I want to write a book, I'm going to put it out on Amazon, and it can be available through Kindle, because, you know, they do their own publishing. Do you feel that maybe there's a glut in the marketplace, like there's too many books that aren't necessary, kind of like when WWE, when, you know, Mick Foley's book first came out, and then every wrestler under the sun who maybe didn't need a book got one and kind of flooded the marketplace. Do you kind of see that happening now?
2: I do see that a little bit. I'm someone who likes to learn, though. So, I, and I mean, it's my job, so I welcome all these books. But there are sometimes you go, huh? Didn't think that guy or that lady needed a book, but okay, it, it does. But at the same time, also, I, I, I do appreciate that some of these people releasing a book, like you know, like the EC Press, ECW presses, and 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 other publishing houses wouldn't give them the time of day. And you know, some of them do have really interesting stories. To tell so this this way you know if, if you don't want to read it you don't have to but i think you know with self-publishing we get to see some of the stories we maybe wouldn't have seen like i don't know i really enjoyed reading and you guys mentioned this at the top of the show the lance by chance the uh, lance von eric book like i don't know if that would have been picked up by a big publishing house but you know i'm glad it was released because i really enjoyed oh that that, that
1: book is him. fascinating in fact i was just talking to Vinny about five minutes before we did the show um, yeah i've
2: gotten to interview no that book was great because yeah
1: yeah, I thought that was yeah. a story that needed to be told because yeah. nobody knew Lanza's side of the story.
2: Exactly, like all you heard was kind of it briefly mentioned in uh, Dark Side of the Ring, the Von Erich episode, and Jim Cornette saying that was one of the world's worst things World Class ever did, and I, like I just not having a lot of exposure to World Class when I was started getting into wrestling I thought it was a fascinating story and but like I said I don't know if a big publishing place would have picked that up so the fact that we do have self-publishing we still get to have these great stories like we would have missed out and in, in my opinion if we weren't able to have this book
1: so you know before we we wrap this one up before I pass it back to Glenn you know we'll, we'll, we'll put you on a spot here there's one book there's one book you recommend to somebody that they absolutely need to read what would it be
2: it would be Unladylike, A Girl's Guide to Wrestling by Heather von Bandenberg. Um, I've actually bought this book for people that aren't even wrestling fans. I've bought this for my mother-in-law who kind of like, you know, I'm kind of curious about what you're interested in and, and I'd like a good starter book. Um, this is a story about, um, it's an he- autobiography about Heather von Vandenberg. She kind of accidentally got into wrestling she and a friend were invited to attend the London School of Lucha Libra, and they didn't even have workout clothes. They just kind of went in a mishmash of pajamas, and they decided to go not expecting uh, um, really much out of it, and she fell in love with wrestling and became a female wrestler and, and became a wrestling fan. And it's just this, it's a really interesting story about how someone who really didn't know a lot about wrestling, like when she was... Um, le- uh, going through the training there was one um, lesson where her coach was saying okay everybody he'd name off famous wrestlers and he had to imitate them and she didn't know any of these names and he said the undertaker so she just started pretending to be carrying a coffin and he's like what the hell are you doing and she's (laughs) like well i'm being the undertaker and he's like do you even know who the undertaker is and she's like no but i've been practicing my forward rolls. i'm still going (laughs) and you know she also talks about some of the troubling aspects of wrestling, like um, some of the risks involved when you are a female wrestler, and also some of the stereotypes in wrestling. Like, it's just, it's this. I just, it's like equal parts memoir and also a feminist romp, and it's just a thorough education. Just such a great book. And not one. I own
1: book. that. I haven't had a chance to thumb through it yet, but oh, I do own it, it. It's on you my it. I'll, I'll, I'll take your recommendation on it.
2: Yeah. For well, me, don't read be... Fighting Girls, but yeah. read read Unladylike.
1: I, unfortunately, have already read Fighting Girls.
2: But oh, yeah, too late.
1: <laughs> For me, it would be kind of uh, going back to, well, when the wrestling books were just getting started, and I still think it's one of the best pieces out there. And Scott Teal has done a new version of it. You can get through Crowbar Press. And that's Hooker by Lufez. Because yes. I think his book tells, it lays down the history, what built up to where we are now. If you didn't have the guys that Lufez is talking about, you wouldn't have what we have now. And I think that that book lays down the foundation and the history of professional wrestling. You can get into it. Little dry, if you read the original, Scott added more to it, more photos, things to it. I own the original Spiral Bound that you could oh, order well, through well. AOL that Lucas would sign and send to you. That was how you originally bought the book. It wasn't available yeah. in stores or online. I have one of those. That's the book I recommend. I think that's just a great starter book. And then, you know, there are others you can build onto for there. But that's the perfect starter for me. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's a very solid choice. Glenn,
1: you you got one to throw in before we uh, wrap up this episode?
0: I'm going back to the Jim Wilson Stranglehold book. That book, it took me a while to read when I first read it. I ended up reading it a couple of times. But it, man... Just the, the whole thing of just, you know, wading through the political waters of the territory system of the 70s and the, into the 80s, and some of the battles Jim Wilson had, and uh, getting blackballed from the pro wrestling business, and uh, some of the things he was doing with Thunderbolt Patterson. Oh my God, it's such a great book. And just very well, there's just a, lo- a wealth of information in that book. I mean, uh, some of the stuff you, you take with Jim's story, you take with a grain of salt. But um, for the most part, there is some very, very good informative nuggets in there. And I can't recommended enough uh for for you to read Jamie.
2: Yes, I have to get that one.
0: Well guys, it looks like it's time for us to to head on out here and wrap up this edition. Uh we got to probably do another themed book fair episode here uh, sometime down the line where we could uh uh, maybe I'll, I'll, we can email up some questions beforehand or have a theme beforehand so we can bring in some stuff so we can all kind of share, uh, I don't know, some of our favorite books, some of our hits or misses. Just kind of fun because I think we we, we, we we could do a lot more here. Uh, and it, this is just ma- merely a foundation setter. So, Jamie, you're welcome to come back any old time.
2: Oh, I'd love to do that. Thank you.
0: Yes, yes. And, of course, where can people read your work?
2: At slamwrestling.net. And there was a book section there, and I, do, uh, there's, I don't do all the book stories, though. I have to give credit to the other slam writers because there's so many books, I couldn't do them all myself, but slamwrestling.net. Thank you
0: for listening to another edition of Wrestling Memories Then and Now. For the Grizzled Vet, Mike McCurdy, and our special guest, Jamie Hemmings, I'm Glenn Broggett. So long for now.